Hey everybody, I hope that you're doing really well. I wish that I could see you. I wish that I could hug you. I wish that we could sit down and have a cup of coffee and talk about how life has changed over the last few weeks. I don't know about you, but we're finally establishing a new rhythm, a new routine, kind of a new way of life where we're working from home, we're um, schooling from home, we're doing all the things primarily from home. And even right now, I'm podcasting from my back porch and it's raining and it's it's really a beautiful day even though the rain is falling and the birds are singing and the sky is so blue you know and we look around at creation and we remember that God is on his throne uh, that he is with us that he is for us and that he is going to see us through this time so I want to tell you what I've been doing while I've been working from home I have a group a private Facebook group that is called this I believe and the whole purpose of the group is to establish truth uh, during times of uncertainty. Now, let me tell you the backstory. Last year, I had an idea to write a new book uh, that was really designed to help women solidify their belief system, their belief about God, their belief about themselves, their belief about the Word of God, um, their belief about life, about circumstances, about others, and how we should live for the glory of God and how we should really move head knowledge to heart knowledge and ask the Spirit of God to apply truth to every single aspect, every every single area of our life. And so I had this idea to write the book. Um, and I also had this idea to establish a Facebook group or some kind of community to help me in that process so that I could have people walking through the writing process with me where I would bounce ideas off of them and where they would actually have a collaborative, um, you know, community and an area where they could give their ideas and their insights so it could be a collaborative project. So I had that idea last year, but honestly, I just didn't have time. I was so busy with just life and ministry and with the normal, you know, just life that that we had whenever we were outside of COVID-19. And so I put it on hold. Well, then COVID-19 hit and we were quarantined pretty much or encouraged to stay at home. And so I had some time on my hands. Uh, I also had um, all of my speaking engagements canceled. And so I just went back to this idea and threw it out on my personal Facebook page. Hey, does anyone want to be in a group or a community where we talk about truth for times of uncertainty, like real truth from God's word that will help us to just nail down who God is, who we are in response to God, um, the word of God, how we should interact with others. And I was hoping for about 50 people. Well, God is so good. Uh, and I had an overwhelming response. And as of today, we have over 2,500 people in this group, and we are having the best time. Uh, we talk together. We have a community together uh, where we encourage one another. We pray for one another. And so it's it's a beautiful thing. And, and how the group works is that about three or four times a week, I post a short video that's usually around 15 to 20 minutes. And then there's a small amount of homework where you can dig deeper into scriptures if you choose to. And then we just dialogue about whatever the topic is. And so it has become just a big part of my life. And I was thinking about the podcast and, you know, the fact that um, 
you know, it's an unusual time and all of us are in the same situation, which is kind of unique uh, in that we're all facing this together. And I was thinking that it might be helpful to bring some of the audio from those videos over to the podcast and to share it with you. And so that's what we're going to do for the next couple of weeks. I'm going to be pulling the audio off of those videos and I'm going to be sharing that audio teaching with you and then just issuing an invitation to you to come and be a part of the group. Um, It is not too late to join. And what we see is that women are working through this material at their own pace. And so today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at teaching about salvation, sanctification, and glorification. And as we understand where we are in our journey with God, we will experience truth during times of uncertainty. So join us as we talk about salvation, as we look to God for every single need in our life. Hey friends, hope you're doing really well. Wow, I'm so excited, honestly just blown away by the response to this page. When I posted this morning just asking if anybody would like to join the adventure, I was kind of hoping for like 50 people. Like I thought that would be super exciting and um, you know, just really more than I even expected. And now I think we're close to 400 and I have so many more, you know, um, requests to process. It appears that it is very important that you answer the three questions to join this group. And I think there's a lot of requests to join the group that are pending because those questions weren't answered. And so if you or somebody you know is wanting to be in the group and you're not sure if you are in the group, um, then maybe go back and look and see if you've answered those questions. All right. So like we want to get started. We want to jump right in because there's so much for us to cover. There's so many wonderful truths that are taught in the Bible that we can know that will really change the direction of our lives. Like I want to just express that to you that the teachings in the Bible, that that God's word is alive, it is real, it is powerful, uh, and and we're going to dig into a lot of them. Uh, But one that we need to start with is the teaching of salvation. Now, I'm going to use probably some big words or some churchy words, um, and I'm going to try to break those down because I really want us to understand exactly what God's heart is and exactly what the Bible teaches on a real level, like an everyday aspect level, not just like churchy words and not just like theological words and not just words that, you know, we kind of toss around, but real words that have real impact that bring real life change. And so the first one is salvation. So let me just talk a little bit about that. Um, when number one, we are made in the image of God. Um, we are his image bearers. We are made to be in relationship with God. Um, that's why he created us. And, um, we go all the way back to Genesis and we see that Adam and Eve were made in the image of God to be um, image bearers of God, to be in relationship with God. But this horrible thing happened in Genesis chapter three, which is called sin. And sin is any wrong action. It's any wrong reaction. It's any wrong thought. At the heart of what sin is, is just not valuing and viewing God in his holiness. And we'll get to all of that. But what the Bible says is that all of us have sinned. Um, that that all of us have this sin problem, and sin is serious because it separates us from God. And there's nothing that we can do in our own strength or our own power or our own resources to overcome the sin penalty. And what the Bible says is that the penalty for sin is death. And so all of us, as soon as we're born, we're born into a very real spiritual problem because we're spiritually dead. But God, and I love that, 
God in his goodness, in his mercy, in his love, in his grace, in his pursuit of a relationship with us, he sent Jesus to this earth. And while here, Jesus did incredible things. You've probably heard some of the stories from the New Testament, how he healed people, he loved people, um, he taught people. Um, he did incredible things during his 33 years, but ultimately he came to this earth to live a perfect life and to die on the cross to pay our sin penalty. And while he was on the cross um, bearing our sin, that which should cause us death, he did two things. He became our substitute, which means he died in our place. And then number two, he satisfied God's wrath. He paid for our sins. He died a cruel death that he didn't deserve. You know, they put him into the tomb, but three days later, he rose again. He conquered sin, death, disease, dismay, everything that separates us from God. And he provides the only way for us to have a relationship with God as we place our faith or our trust or our belief in his death, burial, and resurrection for the forgiveness of our sins. And so while sin leads to death, Jesus provides the only way for us to have real eternal life. And so when we place our faith in Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection for the forgiveness of our sins, what happens is we move from spiritual death to spiritual life. We become a child of God, and we um, will spend all of eternity in heaven with God. And that's what the heart of salvation is. It is moving from spiritual death to spiritual life. It is realizing that we have sin in our life, that we can't do anything about that sin, but God in his goodness and grace sent Jesus. And so that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us for our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And the Bible says that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And so right now, wherever you are, quarantined in your house, maybe fearful of the future, you can have assurance, you can have hope, you can have certainty in your eternal standing as you place your faith in Jesus Christ. And you do that quite simply by confessing your sin, by saying, God, I have sin in my life. Um, I'm sorry for that sin in my life. I turn away from myself. I turn away from my sin and I place my faith in you. I place my faith in Jesus. I, I know that when he died on the cross, he paid for my sin and he satisfied your wrath. And so I'm trusting in Jesus for the payment, for the forgiveness of my sins. And, and Lord Jesus, I'm asking you to just come into my life. I'm asking you to save me. And at that moment, friends, as you just express that prayer, you know, in your heart or out loud through your mouth. That's exactly what happens. A supernatural work of the Holy Spirit, and we'll get to that, takes place in your life and in, in your heart as you move from spiritual death to spiritual life. And so as we begin this adventure uh, in, in the midst of these uncertain times, the thing that will bring so much certainty to your life is a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So right now, Wherever you are, if you are not a believer in Jesus, if you do not have a relationship with him, call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved. Now, we want to help you understand that. We want to make sure that you understand, you know, sin and the consequence of sin and Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection and how he paid that sin penalty and how we uh, go 
really through that process of faith and placing our faith in Jesus. So will you direct message me? Will you send me a message if you are um, at that point where you know it is, it, is, it is a point of salvation for you. It is a time to stop trying to earn your way and it is time to trust Jesus. And so uh, we have resources that will help you and we are so excited about the faith journey that you are beginning today as you place your faith in Jesus Christ. I am so thankful for salvation. I'm so thankful for the gift of salvation. And definitely during uncertain times, we need to go back to that which is certain. And the most certain and sure thing in our life as a believer in Jesus Christ is that we are saved, that we are secure, that we are safe with God. And so if you're experiencing maybe some anxious thoughts or some, you know, just overwhelming feelings, go back and remember that moment when you placed your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ for the salvation of your soul and celebrate that today. Now we're going to move ahead and we're going to talk about the next step in our journey here on this earth. And that is sanctification. As we talk about sanctification, we should be on the edge of our seat. The plans that God has for us are so, so good, and they are worked out through the sanctification process. So let's jump in and talk about sanctification. So, so often whenever we are saved and we experience salvation, I think sometimes we just think, well, that's it. Like, um, you know, I'm, I'm a child of God and I'm good to go. And then we kind of like coast back into just living for the things of this world. But God's heart is for, for us is much different. It is not that we coast into the things of this world or that we um, are like the world, but that we are to be set apart, that we're to be different, that we're to be unique, that we're to be... Um, on mission and on purpose for God. And not only that, that we would be experiencing this process called sanctification in our everyday lives. And sanctification is simply this. And remember, we're going to have some theological words that we're going to talk about, but we're always going to break those words down. And sanctification is simply becoming more like Jesus in the way that we think, in the way that we act, in the way we react. Um, and it also means becoming less like this world and less drawn to the things of this world. And so sanctification is an ongoing process. That's the thing that's so cool about it. We never are done with it. As long as we're alive, as long as we're living, as long as we're breathing, as long as God gives us breath, we have the opportunity to be sanctified, to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And so um, I want us to look at Romans 8, 28 and 29 in, in the context of sanctification. Now we love to claim and we love to talk about Romans 8, 28. Um, and we know that God works all things together for good for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. And we believe that. And we know that. And even in this uncertain time, we are claiming that. Like we're holding on to that truth that God is at work, that God is in control, that God is um, using even, even this challenging time to draw our eyes to him, to draw our heart to him, to draw our ears to him so that we're conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. But we have to really look at and really embrace and receive Romans 8, 29. And that is for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, to be made into the likeness of Jesus. Now that has some real implications for us. That means that in the everyday aspects of our life, in the situations that are easy, 
easy and in the situations that are not, we have the opportunity to become more like Jesus in the way that we act in the midst of those situations, in the way that we react to those situations, and the way that we interact with other people around us. So that starts to get in our business, right? And so um, the evidence of a life that is conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, I would submit to you, uh, is a life that produces spiritual fruit. And we know the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. So when we are living um, a life that produces His fruit instead of our fruit, and like we know what our fruit is, right? Our fruit is control, and it is self-reliance, and it is um, temporary things of this world. It is uh, the world's definition of success. It's just it's just all the sin that comes out of us. When we're living a sanctified life where we're, we are becoming more like Jesus Christ instead of less like this world, then spiritual fruit will be produced in and through our lives so that other people can look at us and see him and the very result of that is that we're conformed to the image of Jesus. And so it's important for us to understand that, yes, it begins with um, salvation, but salvation leads us straight into sanctification. And sanctification is an ongoing process from the moment that we receive Christ until the moment we go home to be with Christ. So here's what I want you to do today. I want you to get your journal out. I want you to look at Romans 8, 28 and 29, and I want you to um, write both of those verses down. Then I want you to think about the good, and when I say the good, I mean the sanctified good that can come out of this time. What is it that you think God's doing in your life? What is it that you hope that he's doing in your life? Um, and what does it look like in this season of uncertainty for you to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ? So write that in your journal, and then we'll dialogue it about that in our um, discussion time together. We know that sanctification isn't the final step in our journey here. We know a day is coming for all of us when we will go home to be with Jesus. No more sin, no more shame, no more guilt, no more pain, no more crying. Finally, we will be whole. Finally, we will be healed and we will be in the very presence of our loving Lord. That happens through the process of glorification. We can have hope. We can have peace. We can have power because this world is not our home. So let's turn our attention to this very comforting and loving topic of glorification. I was on a Zoom call just the other day with state leaders from across the nation uh, and um, it was really encouraging what one of them shared. They just said that they had been spending a lot of time reading the Old Testament, you know, and they were reminded that this isn't new. Like we've had plagues, we've had um, disease, we've had sickness, we've had, you know, pestilence, we've had all kinds of things in this fallen, broken world. And through it all, God has been on his throne. Through it all, God has been in control. Through it all, God has been redeeming. Um, if you've had a chance to uh, read um, On the Road with Ruth, which is one of the books that I've written, then you know that through that story, we hear the heart of redemption, that God is always plotting for our redemption. He's always positioning us for hope, for healing, for purpose, um, for restoration. And at the darkest moment, that's something I love about the story of Ruth. At the darkest moment, God would show up and he would shine his bright light. And what if, friends, what if in this dark moment, 
Um, God has allowed it in order to show up and to shine his bright light. So let's keep our eyes on him. Let's stay focused on him and let's know that that he has a plan and that he's working all things together for good for those who love him and that he's conforming us even through this difficult time into the image and to the likeness of Jesus Christ and um, that thing that you hope that he's doing, that thing that you trust that he's doing, let me just confirm it that he is doing that. I, I trust and believe that through the work of his Holy Spirit that he put that, that, that thought in your life, you know, and he put that thought in your mind and in your heart and he's doing that thing. It's a new day and, and we need a new work of God. And so like we can cling to him, like to cling to him means to just hold tightly to him, to hold tenaciously to him. And, and he's, he's got us. I was um, doing a, a interview for the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, which I'll tell you that story another day, but they were asking me to share a word of encouragement with their readers. And I, I just pointed them towards Isaiah chapter 41, uh, verse 10, where it talks about how God holds on to us. Like, oh my goodness, friends, he's holding on to us. Like we don't have to have a tight grip on him because he's got a tight grip on us. Uh, and in that process, we can just cling to hope and cling to truth. And so I want to just um, continue on our conversation. Uh, over the last couple of days, we've talked about salvation, coming to faith in Christ, sanctification, growing in our love relationship with Christ. And today I want to talk about glorification. And this, oh friends, it should bring us such hope and such peace and such comfort to know this world is not our home. It is a broken, fallen world. And yes, we live in it and we feel that. And what happens here, it matters and it is important. I would never try to diminish that. Um, the relationships here matter. Um, the time here matters. The opportunity to invest in others, it matters. And we need to harness our time here well. Like we need to live well with our eyes focused on the Lord and living out the gospel. But may we never forget that this world is not our home. And that's what glorification is all about. It's about when we've run the race, when we finish the course, that we're going to go to our, our eternal home. And I trust that we're going to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. I want to talk about how really for us as believers in Jesus Christ, everything is a win. To stay here and to continue to live for the glory of God, to be with our family is a win. But to go home, to be with Christ, to be healed, to be whole, to be free, uh, to be at peace, um, to be worshiping around the throne, that's a win as well. If you follow me on social media, you know that I recently um, walked through the valley of shadow of death with my dear friend Holly. And I want to talk about Holly just a little bit. And Terry, I know you're probably watching and my heart is with you. Every time I talk about her and Kit and everybody, the family. Um, but Holly loved the Lord. Holly was passionate about Jesus. Holly could sing um, and she lived for the glory of God. She had colon cancer and uh, she struggled for four years with colon cancer and it was a hard battle. There were more downs than ups and um, it was it was it was a long fight and and God called her home. He healed her just a few weeks ago and right now she's in glory and I mean I miss her and we would you know we, we miss her. We miss her. But I'm so thankful she's heal, healed. I'm so thankful that she's whole. And she talked about and she taught the concept of a win-win. For her to stay here was a win because she could be with her family. But to go home was also a win because she would be with Jesus and she would be healed from that nasty cancer. And so 
I just thought it would be good for us to, to be reminded of the fact that in the midst of this uncertainty, that this world isn't our home, and that we are only passing through, that what happens here matters, and we would never diminish that. But certainty comes in knowing that one day we will be around the throne. So I want us to look at Revelations chapter 21. I'm going to read just a few passages uh, out of Revelations 21 and, and just really talk about you know, our final home in glory. Uh, you know that this is after uh, Jesus returns and how he sets up a new kingdom, the new Jerusalem. And this is what John, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he saw. He said, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and he will be their God. Now listen to verse four. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. We know that scripture also tells us not only will there be no more pain, no more suffering, no more death, no more disease, no more crying, no more mourning. There will be celebration. There will be worship as we, we will be gathered around the throne. And what scripture says is that every tongue, tribe, and nation will be there. We will be worshiping in spirit and in truth. And so friends today, let's take heart and let's take hope in the fact that for us to live is Christ and to die is gain. It is a win-win. It is a win-win for us. And so let's use our time well. Here's what I want you to do in your journal today. I want you just to think about that thought, how everything is really a win for us. And how also we have this opportunity to tell others about the hope that we have. It begins with salvation. We live it out through sanctification. And then we go home through the process of glorification. So what does glorification mean to you? And how does that bring certainty in the midst of this uncertain time? Write about it and let's talk about it. I love you and I'm praying for you. And I'll talk to you soon. Well, I hope that you enjoyed the podcast today. I know that this was a little bit different. It was a different format, a different style, a different way to bring um, Bible teaching to you. But I hope that it encouraged you. I hope that it gave you uh, certainty in the midst of this uncertain time. We can know the truth and the truth can and will set us free. So sweet friends, I invite you to continue the journey with us. Join the private Facebook group and you'll see the link for that in the show notes below or just, you know, continue to listen here on the podcast. We want to equip you with truth that will bring hope and peace and power and, and honestly, just so much resolve during this time of uncertainty. God is with us. God is for us. He is on his throne. And even right now, he is working all things together for good for those who love him and those who are called according to his purposes. So hang in there, hang on, dig deep and know that God is is looking out for you every single step of the way. I'll see you next week and we'll continue to talk about truth in the midst of uncertain times.